Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder, and it's wonderful to be with you. If uh, St. Joseph's Eve is a thing, folks, uh, we are here on St. Joseph's Eve in the year of St. Joseph. So it is wonderful to be with you this evening. And as always, I am joined by my uh, co-host and good friend, Andy Santis. How are you this evening, Ann? Awesome, Bill. Great to be here. Yeah, I don't know if St. Joseph comes down a chimney tonight or what the deal is. I mean, this is one of those amazing years uh, when it's uh, the year of St. Joseph and we're on the eve of uh, St. Joseph. So I'm looking forward to having a great conversation with our good friend Ray Haywood as well. Yeah, I love how you said that. <laughs> the eve of St. Joseph, is he going to come down the chimney? Yeah, uh-huh. right. <laughs> no, we have so much great stuff to talk about. We have an amazing guest who's a extremely good friend of yours and of mine and of this ministry. And he, he's been a guest here on the show and on, on your other podcast and also on Journeys in Faith uh, coming up too. Um, he, Ray Haywood is a devoted husband to his wife, Natalie. They've been married for the past 32 years. Together, they intentionally raised two faith-filled sons, Nicholas and Frank, within the foundation of faith and the sacraments. Ray shares more than 28 years of willful fatherhood and co-parenting experience. Ray and Natalie lived in Harrisburg, North Carolina, and are faithful parishioners of St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. I should have said they are currently living in in North Carolina. Through active parish involvement, Ray's family's faith continues to grow in the New Covenant teachings of the Catholic Church. He's, a, he's devoted to handing on the faith-filled gifts to all men of faith, wherever they may be in their faith journey. He finds this to be his call to action in his own faith journey. He's one of the founding members of the Fraternity of St. Joseph Men's Group that had their inaugural meeting on November 2nd, 2019. And you can learn more or get more information about Ray at trjfathersguide at gmail.com. I just want to give you that email and we'll also repeat it at the end of the show. Welcome, Ray. Thank you so much for joining us. Unmute. Ray. Ray, you got to unmute, brother. (laughs) I thought you muted me. Thank you so much for this time and fellowship. And I want to say that uh, St. Joseph is going to come to us through intercession into our hearts and into our families and we're going to get a very good glimpse in front of us within the church of what the Holy Family means. So that's that's my understanding of the way that we're going to move forward as a family, understanding what the family is. And um, St. Joseph is going to be a very big part of us moving forward in the family unit. Absolutely. I, you know, I couldn't say it any better, right? Uh, absolutely. We're here on... You know, St. Joseph's Eve, um, you know, tomorrow is his feast day, and we're in the year of St. Joseph. I mean, what? It's like we've hit the jackpot, right? <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good way to say it, Bill. And Ray, 
Uh, I love St. Joseph. I have to say, I think I've always loved him, but it's an exciting thing that our Holy Father has chosen this year. And I think even in light of everything that we've been through in 2020, that St. Joseph is a good father, isn't he? And we're going to talk a lot about that during this podcast. Um, before we do that, Ray, I thought that for people who don't know you, can you tell your story to some of our listeners, or to all, all of our listeners here, our audience? Okay, so um, I'm 54. Uh, I'm married since I'm 21. I'm with my wife, Natalie, since I'm 18. Um, we're both cradle Catholics. We both grew up in Brooklyn. We both grew up at a time when... Um, community was very much the same. You know, my wife and I, we have uh, intentional conversations about how we would walk into other piece, people's house, homes, and we would understand how to, how the order of the home would be because we were pretty much all similar. We were all, almost all alike. Um, I, I was part of a parish, uh, St. Mark's. It was very much, um, my parents, grew up with the parents of the people that I went to school with. It was so beautiful. It was a great time to live in Brooklyn uh, and to be raised uh, in the faith. Um, you know, I'm the middle child of five. Uh, I have an older brother, sister. I have two younger sisters. There's a lot of life lessons that come along with being in a Catholic family like that. So it's uh, a beautiful thing, but um I would say up until I was in my 40s, I was pretty much adolescent in my faith. And what I mean by that is that um, I never really, I believed, but I didn't belong. I, um, so in my 40s, I, through a petition of prayer, I, you know, for my family to grow stronger in, it, in its faith, I came into an awareness of my own faith. I started, started to own my own faith. Um, and then that, that's what led me to writing the book, Tools to Ready the Journey, A Father's Guide to a Faith-Filled Family. Is that enough? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's great, Ray. Um, and, um, and I know you focus so much on fatherhood. I mean, the book, you know, um, is, is really all about fatherhood um, and, uh, and about um, reaching into both the father that is um, a little bit older and a father that is a little bit, you know, younger. And, you know, you talk in the book, and I don't want to give it all away because we, we have, it's a wonderful book and we have a great podcast series out uh, on your website, which is trjfathersguide.com. Uh, so I encourage people to check that out. But um, I would love to uh, chat with you a little bit about just what St. Joseph means to you, especially as a model um, for, for both the spiritual, you know, like the priests and, and whatnot, and also those of us who are fathers, paternal fathers. Um, and so maybe you want to just touch a little bit on, um, you know, fatherhood on, on this very special, you know, day of, you know, St. Joseph that's coming up tomorrow. Yes. So um, the model of fatherhood, you know, when you look at the litany of St. Joseph, and you just go down a few. I'll just cover a few. You know, it's Joseph most, most just, Joseph most chaste, most prudent, most strong, most obedient, most, most faithful, most patient. That's just a few to mention. You know, um, as fathers, both spiritual 
and paternal alike. Um, we live in a world that doesn't reflect any of the virtues or qualities that I just mentioned. So um, one of the awarenesses that I come into and I share with in our men's group, it's actually um, the very first couple of sentences of our code of conduct is that as men, what we say is important, but the way we say it is even more important because our children are watching. And, um, you know, one of the other awarenesses that I share in and keep close to me every day is that as men, we don't approach each other well. And we really need to recognize uh, that we need to approach each other better. Um, you know, uh, I've shared with Bill in other conversations how, you know, in the four walls of our homes as men, we very much act a certain way, we, we, we reflect well. But as soon as we go out into our public square, we start to mirror. And you know, I say, um, I say public square a lot, and I just wanna give people an image of what the public square is when I say it. Um, you know, when towns were built, they build the church. And then outside of the church would be the square. And that would be the public square that the town would then assemble around. So when we go out into our public square, we should look at it as the front yard of our churches where we meet each other. And if we have that type of awareness uh, in, in our approach to whatever we do, we pull into a gas station, you know, we go into the post office, all of these things, are, or just how about entering and exiting a highway Let's think about that, you know, when we get frustrated with so many things, you know, when you're frustrated with that person, say a prayer for them instead of, you know, maybe having choice words for them. Perfectly stated. I love that idea of public square because, you know, that's where I think what my mind goes to is that what that's the definition of hypocrisy is when we act one way at home or in the church and then we walk out into that public square and we become this different person, you know, unvirtuous, you know, person who doesn't live that life of faith. Yes. And in my opinion, and at least that's what I'm hearing from you, is that uh, the getting from the point A to the point B in our lives of faith is making that the heart of who you are in Christ all the time, yes. right? Not just when you're at home with your wife and your kids sitting at the dinner table, or when you're at mass inside the walls of the church with after mass with the people in the uh, narthex of the church. Yes. It's gotta be after you get outside of that church, outside of that home, how are you going to act and behave and be, who are you, right? And so I think to me, I think that's what St. Joseph is all about. He's a true father. And I know you're going to talk about that. Um, now, people might say something like, well, they don't say too much about him in the Bible. Mm. Okay, whether that's true or false, and, and I know that they don't say very much about him, is that the hard fact is that he was the foster father of our Savior. So whatever, you know, whatever facts that might be there in the Bible, it's still, we have to look at that, the, the idea and the truth of that matter, right? I mean, yes. say more about this because, you know, people might be thinking what I'm thinking and they want to know there's not that much about him, but why should we emulate him and 
where is there some kind of quote evidence of who he was as a human and as a man? There was no recorded words of St. Joseph, none. And, um, you know, when you think of a just man, uh, my father, my father came from the silent generation. So for a man like my father, the only way you got to know him was to see his character over time. And St. Joseph very much in the life of the church is very much like my own father, where the only way you can get to know St. Joseph is over his example, his obedience. You know, um, that book I, I spoke about, you know, Tools to Ready the Journey, it's dedicated to St. Joseph. There's so much written about St. Joseph. Um, uh, St. Joseph is very much a part of the way that I feel we are to form as men, to assemble as men, to, you know, when we look at a young father today, the challenges that that young father faces out in the public square, um, especially in a time in his life when he is in the gathering stage, Bill can relate to some of this, you know, but Bill is well-formed. He's extremely well-formed. But what about, what about, yes, amen to that. Yes. <laughs> but um, what about the young man like myself who wasn't well-formed and who wasn't, uh, you know, I was fortunate to grow up in a time when um, there was family value and moral posture was very much part of society. Also, uh, I grew up at a time where the sacraments, the, the, the uh, sacrifice of the mass, the Eucharist, all of these things meant so much to the families, to, to the way that we approached our daily lives. And now this worldly narrative, this canceled culture is sharing that, uh, you know, there's no value in the sacraments. Our young Catholics in the gathering stage, when they're most vulnerable and their wills can be compromised, are constantly bombarded with this noise, this chatter about our church being an old dead tradition. It's, it's a sad place. I don't want, I want it to be positive, but sometimes we have to say things that are important to be heard. So now people my age, I'm 54, you know, have to reach into young men that are in the gathering stage, like Bill's age men, and share with them how important it is for them to understand the value of the sacraments, to instill those um, guiding graces that will help their families to navigate the trajectory of working out their salvation. This is important things that we need to do as parents. And we also need to recognize that even when our children aren't, or if we think our children aren't listening, because at 54, I know our children are always listening, even when we think that they're not. So for the young man, I would want to instill in him a takeaway from our conversation. When you think your children aren't listening, they are. And you need to be intentional in placing the importance of the sacraments into them. The preparation, the celebration, that makes them understand the value of making good decisions. And that moral posture, that moral compass is instilled and woven into them through the sacraments. Uh, another thing I've said to Bill in the past many times is my mom says, once a Catholic, always a Catholic. You know, if you're instilled with the sacraments, you're a Catholic. There's no such thing as I was. You're Catholic. 
you have the graces instilled within you. It's a beautiful thing. That's good to hear, Bill. Um, excuse me, Ray, because um, you know there are some people who who refer to themselves as quote fallen away Catholics, or that they've walked away and they're attending some other church, or that they're they don't go to church anymore. But you know, God's calling them back, isn't He? He's calling them back. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're thinking, "Wow, it all sounds great," but I don't know if I'm ready. This might be your day. This might be the day that you turn around and you say, I think I'll give it a try. And I want to invite you to reach out to Ray, the TRJ, excuse me, guide. Father's guide. Fathersguide.com. Because, I mean, I have to say this. We've had a lot of guests and we've had amazing, wonderful guests that are every single guest we've had is a friend of mine. But this, but Ray is special in, in a very unique way of his way that he cares about people. He cares about evangelizing to a point, not just of trying to make money off of his book or of saying somebody saying, Oh, I know Ray's a famous Catholic author, whatever. He's not about that at all. I'm just saying it the way I feel, Ray. I hope you understand that. And Bill, he's not that type of person at all. He is a, um, very, very, um, I'm trying to find the right right word here, and I know what it is. So please uh, give me give me the right um, oh, amount of faithful. moments here. Uh, he can, in other words, he he's he's very unique in that he cares uh, immensely about the individual human, and 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 fathers too. So take him up on his um, invitation to learn more about what he's doing with this book and his evangelization. Yeah, I couldn't say it any better. Yeah, uh, you know, couldn't say it any better. And you know, and 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 Ray, you know, so you, you you touched on something that Ray is, and that's you know very humble. He's he's an incredibly humble, humble. person. Yes. Um, and you know, and and so th- that's the one thing that Satan hates the most because he can't defeat humble people. <laughs> he just can't. Uh, it's it's impossible. And um, I I would love for you to touch a little bit on that, Ray, because I know, um, you know. In, in your challenging, right? Um, every, every person can see their missteps. They can see the things that they've done wrong in their life um, and, in, and in raising their kids or in, you know, their workplace or whatever that might be. But, you know, how do we um, take a step back from that and, and gain awareness and then apply that knowledge of what we have learned toward you know, then equipping new fathers, new, new men, uh, even reforming, um, you know, your, your children, because it's that, it's that humble perspective, like, you know what, I'm not perfect, but I know who is, and that's God. So maybe just shed a little bit of light on, on the virtue of humility in fatherhood, because, you know, uh, when it, when, when guys come across sometimes, you know, they, they, the world projects this, you know, we have to be uh, the, the this alpha, you know, completely, totally, you know, bombastic in, in some ways. And, and that's not, you know, always the most effective way to to reflect fa- reflect your fatherhood. So maybe just touch a little bit on the gift of humility. And then, of course, in the model of St. Joseph, too, who was, you know, ultimately humble. So I wasn't always humble. 
I could tell you that um, um, when I used to work uh, work for the city of New York or when I used to live back in Staten Island with my wife before we moved to North Carolina in 2008, people who knew me at that time in my life when I had a lesson Catholic would know me as a humble man. I could share with you that I challenge myself every day in different instances to um, understand the value of humility. I go to daily mass every day. And um, now when I say my Our Father, I, my hands are pressed together up almost to my chin. I am humbled like a child and that's intentional. It's me teaching myself how to be humble, when to be humble and to know what humility is because for a long time I didn't. But um, also, you know, being filled with the, uh, the um, awarenesses that needed to be shared in the book. You know, if you look at uh, chapter six, which is the arch of life, it yeah. shares three stages. And it's all about St. Joseph, that chapter. It talks about um, the arch of life being supported on either side by grace. And the reason why I bring this up is because it's going to lead to something about humility. And so the three stages that it shares are the apprentice, the journeyman, and the master carpenter. And the master carpenter, of course, is St. Joseph. But um, the chapter shares that the transition from apprentice to journeyman starts in a disposition of humility and acceptance of God's will for his children. And in that disposition of understanding what humility is, and for me, uh, I would say that understanding what humility is came to me within the year after my father died. Um, uh, a lot of growth happened in that year after my father passed. Um, uh, choosing to nurture Faith is the beginning of owning our own faith. So in order to be humble, you have to be nurturing. And if you think of the model of St. Joseph, now in the beginning of the book, it shares how St. Joseph um, is the first father in the new covenant. Now, if you think about how much knowledge we have, through apostolic secession of the new covenant, we are so well equipped to face the challenges ahead. Now we have challenges within our physical realm that are totally different than what St. Joseph faced, but the knowledge we have of our spiritual realm, we are so well equipped. We have the full armor of God. And you know, um, in that same chapter, it, 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 it closes with, how important it is to say the St. Michael prayer every day. As a father, I could tell you every day of my life, I say that St. Michael prayer. And in, in, these, um, in this order that I place into my life, it gives me a foundation of trying my hardest to, I'm, I'm definitely out of the apprentice stage. I am in the journeyman stage. If you, you know, my pastor, Father Matthew Codd, he named our Fraternity of St. Joseph Men's Group website, fsjjourneyman.com. You know, all of these things that got incidences 
in my opinion, because they come so close to all of these um, these these tools that we need to to face well all of the challenges of being a father, both spiritual and paternal alike. So um, I don't think that I'll ever get to step on the other side of grace uh, in the arch of life to actually become a master carpenter. I, I don't if I don't I I wouldn't think that I would be. I don't think I'll get there, but for a lot of our spiritual fathers who are equipped, equipped way better than I am, I think there's a lot of them that are on that other side of grace that they understand fully and they come into that wholeness of their spiritual life. It's a beautiful thing to think about. You know, the things we're talking about right here, uh, if I would even to hear someone talking about this when I was like, 35 years old, I don't know if I would listen. So, you know, spiritual, our spiritual walk is definitely something that we grow in. And, uh, you know, just to, to bring back into view how a young man is in that gathering stage and how a father who's my age should understand and be aware to that gathering stage and reach into that young man and share with him that he's in that gathering stage and that he needs to understand the importance of the sacraments and, and forming his family well and to understand the value of his spirituality. You know, we have the Trinity of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We have the Trinity of the family, which is mother, father, and child. And we have the Trinity of ourselves, which is spiritual, physical, and mental well-being. You know, if, if we could have these awarenesses and, and keep them close to ourselves on a daily basis, then these tools that we I reach for often can help us to stay grounded in a faith walk and understand the difference between all the temptation that's out there in our physical lives. Yeah, well said. I, re- I thought of one of the words I wanted to say about you that I couldn't um, find within my vocabulary at the moment <laughs> was just the sincerity that you have that for your evangelizing. Uh, you, you're not looking to blanketly just evangelize everyone is that I know you care about the individual people that are listening to this podcast and your own family and friends. I mean, of course, there's also that blanket, you know, wanting everyone to just kind of get on board and understand it. But I know you have a heart for those individual people. And that's really, I think, a gift that not everybody has because we all want to be successful, but sometimes we just want to look at a spreadsheet or a piece of paper or something that says, yeah, you did good enough. You know, you have these many followers or this much of your book sold, but to have that care for the individual people, right. And their souls. And like you said, those fathers that are in that gathering stage. Now I know that there's the gathering stage of the physical, right? The physical assets and um, mm-hmm. providing for your family and some, you know, for food and shelter and everything. But you're talking about also the gathering stage, even for the spirituality part of it, right? Absolutely. And how many fathers don't think to think of the gathering stage as including the spirituality and the faith of your wife and kids? I wondered if you could talk about that because you care so deeply about your own wife and your two boys that you have and have done a good job evangelizing with them. And like you said, you came into a deeper faith a little later in life. Um, 
two things I'd like to ask you is to reflect on that. But you mentioned your dad too. And I've heard that story before. I thought it was so beautiful how you and your father passed away. You realized so many things. Um, could you talk a little bit about that too? So what you were sharing a minute ago um, uh, in the gathering stage, I believe we have a God-sized hole because we're innately children of God. So if we're not working on our spiritual life, if we're not working on our spirituality, if we're not aware of it, then we have a God-sized hole in us. And then we seek out temporal things to fill that hole. And then we feel unworthy and we have more wedges that separate us from our spiritual growth, you know, and all of the, uh, all of the sinful nature that goes along with it. Um, it's, it's, it's a challenge for a young man to um, shoulder up to the people in his public square who have no value for what we're talking about here tonight. Yeah. Uh, to to even step closer to this, so we need intentional men, my age, um, to to reach into these men and and share with them. You know, the the first uh, chapter of the book is the masculine journey, and one of the awarenesses that it shares is that um, you know our children come into a, a stage where they share in adolescent moments, and for a father who's in the gathering stage and too busy to understand these things. If he doesn't have the awareness of the adolescent moments that they're going to happen, then when they happen, they could scar the family, not only just the child, but the siblings, the parents. And, um, but, but the awareness is, you know, the book is written. It's tools to ready. The journey is for the younger man. It's to give him those awarenesses, but the subtitle, a father's guide to a faithful family that's for the older man like me to hand those tools to young men, to make them better prepared and aware of the challenges that they're going to meet. It's his job as the father to lead and to reach into that young child, whatever age it may be, because everybody lives differently. You know, we all have different challenges, 12, 14, 16, whatever it is, these adolescent moments happen. And I'm sure that you've had them in your own family. I, I've had them in mine. But when you're aware of these things happen, then you can approach them well. And you could prepare the child and say, hey, you know, this is normal. Don't think you're alone. We all live through these things. And then you, you could share it with the siblings. You could share it with the mother. The, uh, but most importantly, when you give this awareness to that child, then that child, when they come into the next time that they're going to have these adolescent moments, they'll better be able to, they'll be themselves better equipped to deal with them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's ever too early to talk about the faith with your kids. And now I know this topic is on fatherhood and everything, but on a mother's perspective, uh, I know that uh, for me with my daughter, Elaine, who's my oldest, and there's a lot of comparison between Bill having his <laughs> first child. <laughs> and I've been reflecting so much about my first child. And uh, she still calls me mama sometimes. And, yeah. um, but, you know, now she's a theology teacher in a high school. I'm so proud of her. And both of my two, two daughters uh, have such beautiful faith. You can never start too early, right? Right. I mean, 
you can start reading those books and, and teaching them about Jesus and about the Blessed Mother and about the church when they're little, little kids. Yes. So that by the time they're two years old, they know who Jesus already is, right? I mean, I think that makes a big difference for when you're raising uh, kids on a spiritual level in that so, gathering stage. So I mentioned that um, I was adolescent in my faith, but yet my wife and I, we attended mass every weekend. When my children were young, I would sit them on the pew in front of me. And when I would say my prayers after communion, I would whisper it in their ears, probably until they were old enough to actually come off the pew in front of me. So I was always intentional as a father. I just wasn't intentional in my faith walk. I, but I also believe that all the experiences that I lived through led me to, you know, being able to share. I, if I, I needed to experience all those things in order to have the awarenesses to share in the book. And, you know, it's just God's hand was always in my life. It's, it's a beautiful thing to look back on. You know, now I, I say it as uh, I look behind me and I can connect the dots like they're the beads on my rosary. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. Um, it, can we talk a little bit more also about St. Joseph himself? Um, because I know there's people listening and thinking, Ray has such an appreciation for St. Joseph. When did that come about for you? Uh, when did you suddenly, was there a sudden moment that you realized that St. Joseph had something to do with your faith journey? Because somebody, some people put you know, the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph kind of aside and say, I'm going to focus only on Jesus or on going to mass or church, but I'm not going to really think that much about the saints, especially St. Joseph, because, you know, like we said, there's not that much in scripture about him, but he's, he is the foster father of Jesus Christ. And he had an impact on his life and he's a model of fatherhood for us. Yes. So um, St. Joseph is the way that um, you need to experience him over time to see his character in order to understand what St. Joseph is, that's the same way that hap it happened for me. You know, a lot of people are coming into the awareness of St. Joseph here in the year of St. Joseph. But for me, um, uh, I always had this need to reach into these young people and make them aware of the value of the sacraments that they were stepping away from and how it guides their families. So... Uh, back in, I think it was November of 2016, I woke up to this awareness that um, I wanted to share uh, about St. Joseph devotional meetings. And uh, this is something that my pastor introduced into our faith community. It's one of the resource documents on the Fraternity of St. Joseph Men's Group. Uh, so what it is is, you know, f f for me, when I was in my teens, I stepped away from the faith and then I met my wife and Natalie and I decided we were going to get married. So what brought me back to my faith was the preparation of the sacrament of marriage. So I went to Precana. But now our young people, they don't get married young anymore. So I, I have this need to give place tools in front of them that they could use in order to find their way back to the faith the way that Precana did for me. So um, 
I, I went to, um, there, there's a whole lot to it, but long, long story short, it, one of the resources now that it's in my parish, my STA parish family, my, I like to say that, it's my family, my <laughs> STA, NC Catholic strong, you know, I'm, I'm all about my faith family. And um, the, uh, the awareness that my pastor placed about St. Joseph devotional meetings. I was in uh, a meeting with him about maybe three weeks ago, possibly a month ago, and he shared with me that he actually saw good fruit come back from that. So what a St. Joseph devotional meeting is, is a way for someone to call the office when, they're, when they need to speak to the priest and they don't have to say anything about the situation that is going on in their home that would prevent them from making the call. Nobody wants to call up and say, my son is addicted to something or that there's some type of a challenge in the family. That's, that's a personal thing that you want to just speak with with the priest or your pastor. So when you call up the office and you speak to the priest's secretary, all you have to say is, I'd like to schedule a St. Joseph devotional meeting. And now there's no more anxiety about making the phone call. So that that's is just, beautiful. Oh, I love that. That that will work so well. And how has it worked so far? Like, has it been implemented for a while? So there's a lot going on with the fraternity of St. Joseph Men's Group. Um, you know, last year for us, 2020, was a year of St. Joseph in the Diocese of Charlotte. And they they had a, um, uh, a website team. And because the Fraternity of St. Joseph had a um, bulletin entry, they found value in what we were doing. So they asked us to attend these meetings to build the, the website. And they asked us if we could make this Fraternity of St. Joseph men's group something that other parishes could follow. Now you talk about God incidences. How does this all come into play? So, you know, and then... Uh, things start to mature. So then, you know, I have the St. Joseph devotional meeting that I want to share. And I have the St. Joseph paternal leaders that I want to share. So I go and I speak with my vicar general, who was my pastor, you know, Father Winslow. And he explains to me something I didn't, I never expected. He, I thought he was going to bring it to the bishop and the bishop would decide if there was value in it. But what he told me was that you know, through the uh, Association of Lay Faithful, that I was to go back to my pastor, present this to him, and see if he found value in it. But not only that, he said he felt as though the vehicle to pre present this into our faith community, your community, Bill's community, the people listening's community, was through the fraternity of St. Joseph that already was asked for us to place in a way that other people can follow. It's just amazing how this is all playing out. Yeah, it really is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I absolutely love the work that you're doing. I, I love your book. Uh, we'll, of course, we'll talk more about that again at the end and invite people to to go and purchase your book and learn more about you. Um, and, and not just about you, but about faith, right? I mean, enriching their faith. So if there's somebody listening right now, and um, we, we do get some listeners that are away from their faith, and they need that boost. Now, tomorrow's the Feast of St. Joseph. Would you have any suggestions for them 
to get back on board and having the desire, because doesn't it really start with this desire? Because if we don't have a desire for faith or growing or being closer to God or following in his ways or being part of the Catholic church, then it doesn't happen. How do they develop that desire? We all want the same thing. We want love. And every one of us want to share in love. And the only way to share in love is through joy, you know, and if, if you, if you were to ask me the best way, I would think that just find your way back to understanding that you have a God-sized hole if you're not working on your spirituality. Try to understand the difference between sin and sinful nature. That's something that I struggled with for a long time. You know, and our young people, they don't understand the difference between sin and sinful nature. They think that there's no consequence for any of their actions. I was talking with a young man. Um, you know, after mass, I have books in the back of my church. And when I see young men in mass, I'll stop them afterwards. I'll give them a book. I'll tell them about the men's group. I'm trying to build a community of young men in my community. And um, awesome. It is. It's it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. It's 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 a great experience for me. It helps me as much as I'm. I feel as though I, I have the opportunity of helping them if they choose it. But just by me interacting with them, it helps me. So when when you when all of these things come together, it just gives a peaceful resolve. And if you're in the gathering stage, and you're not working on your spirituality and you find yourself going towards those temporal things that are making you feel unworthy. You know, maybe you're a father out there. And what I'm saying to you is jarring you to understand that maybe this is where your son is at this moment in time. So maybe you can uh, share in humility, even if it's for the first time in your life. Because like I said, me understanding humility came to me in my forties. So maybe there's, or, or if, if there's, you know, our, our moms out there, our wives, our, 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 our sisters in Christ, if, if you know of somebody who's struggling, share this with them, you know? What are we here doing? We're encouraging each other to stay close to the pan. I mean, that's, I, I, Bill and I, we talk often, we talk three or four times a month, but we'll just call each other. And, and that encouragement that we share it, helps us to stay close to the path. We can't do this alone. You know, Jesus Christ himself, he couldn't do it alone. He needed the apostles to bring all of the new covenant teachings to all of us. You know, it's the, 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 the Catholic church is not perfect. If it was, none of us would be able to be a part of it. But what the Catholic church holds perfectly, and you can find nowhere else, is the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is what brings us all together and helps us to find our way and to, to have that peaceful resolve. You know, in the beginning of the book, I put a dedication to my wife. I wrote this book. I'm married, what, 33 years now. So it's five years ago. I was 28 years married when I wrote the book. And my dedication to her was that we get to do this. You know, we we get to share in something. We can look back on what we built together. Our sons are well-formed, you know, but 
Mm. I could say that, like, if, if, you, if you do wind up holding the book in your hand, please take a look at the dedication that I wrote to my wife. But I get to say that because we didn't face the same challenges as these young fathers of today. This world, this public square that they're in is turbulent. It is constant wedges. It's constant bombardment. Their communities are in their hands. It's, 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 their devices are divisive. You know, there's so many challenges that they face. The, the, the biggest communication that we had when we were kids, when, uh, even when I was having my children, I had a beeper. I used to beep my wife, one, four, three, meaning I love you. You know, this is this was the type of communication we had. We even had numbers that we would send out for milk. Do you remember? And <laughs> the beepers? Oh, yeah, I do remember the beepers. Wow, you're bringing me back down memory lane. I actually never owned one. Okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, I remember those beepers. Oh, that's a great story. And um, y- you can look back at what you've built, you know, and you said you came into your faith in your 40s. But isn't it interesting and wonderful how God works through challenges and even the sinful parts of our lives that we're not even aware what we're missing out, but you became aware. Isn't that the important thing? I mean, you became aware and you said, you know what? I'm going to turn from the things that I know aren't good and I want to head toward my faith. And you wanted to do that, not just for yourself, but for your wife, your kids and like you said, the story about how you handed the book to the guy at church. To me, that says a lot about you because it says that you care about individual human souls. And you know, that's where it's at. That really is where it's at. And that's where communities are changed. And that's where we can make a difference. So I just want to thank you because we're going to see a change in society when we start to see one by one people taking charge of their decisions and their faith life and saying, you know what, I'm going to make a difference, even if it's just for one or two people this day. I might not change everybody's mind. I might not make my whole entire community or my state or my whole country (laughs) uh, do anything different, but I can change and, and work on helping someone in some way. And I love how you and Bill have a relationship and you're able to do that. Like you said, Bill's in the gathering stage and you are in the the later stage there. What was that stage called again? It it depends on how you look at it, but head of household. Yeah. You know, if you read the book fathered by God, um, he has different names for it that I was introduced to the masculine journey through reading the book fathered by God. It was beautiful experience. But just to go back um, on what we were just discussing, uh, when, when, when you're adolescent in faith and then you start to understand what humility is and you come into a faith walk, new challenges happen. You, the people that you shouldered up to start to fall away because you're different than that, especially in this world. So um, you, you, you're the, the people that you um, spent time with, you really just don't want to spend time with them anymore because you don't want to put yourself in, in that type of surrounding. It's so, so there's different challenges that come and expect them. So 
if you're going to step closer in your faith, understand that these things are going to happen. When you come into those challenges, let them actually fortify you. Don't step back from it. Step closer to it. Because as you step closer, then men like myself or like Bill or like Anne's husband are going to step closer to you. And they're going to recognize who you are. They're going to see you for who you are. Going to see you. People, when, when you have a faithful, we, are con- we could be convicted by our peers as being Catholics. You can't deny who we are. You know, we just, right. we love our faith of NC Catholic strong. My faith family is so important to me. I'd do anything for them, you know, um, and those young men and making them prepare well, the, the next generation of Catholics. It's so important for us. But challenges come with this. This is not a peaceful walk. You know, when you go out into the public square and you want to reflect, well, people, it's, it's, this is a challenging thing and expect it, but be fortified in it. Say that prayer to St. Michael. No, you know, you're, you're exactly right, Ray. In fact, I was having a conversation uh, with my uh, spiritual director today and I was talking with him about the accompaniment. And uh, because we had just finished, Ann and I have just finished re- uh, working on this book uh, that's, the, that's coming out uh, called uh, Hearts Burning Within Us, where we were doing this, this, this really this walk along the road to Emmaus with these college students. I mean, virtually, of course, uh, during this pandemic. But um, the, the key point in my conversation with my spiritual director today was I said, you know, we need to accompany uh, you know, men, and and it's exactly what you're saying. You know, we need to accompany, and we need to surround them with community because, you know, as you've said throughout the podcast tonight, you know, the the challenges that you dealt with as a young father are no longer the challenges that I'm going to be dealing with as a young father. These these things are not the same. The world is not the same. You know, I mean, <laughs> come on, people. We <laughs> if you haven't realized that in the last year. Um, you know, you you really need to examine your life because the world has changed and shifted so very much, even in the last year. Um, and so the accompaniment piece is such an important thing. And you do a wonderful job of that, Ray. I mean, you do, just do a great job, but, but it's about walking with these young men and saying, you know what, I'm here for you. I'm here with you. I'm not giving up on you. And and when you have a question or when you fall, you know that I can be there for you. And this community is there for you. And, you know, that's the strength of the, the Catholic Church. It, it is a band of brothers. It is not, you know, there, there, there cannot be lone wolves. Lone wolves, you know, they, they, they don't work out so great, especially in our society. We need to be part of this community. We need to be part of this faith. And, um, you know, I... I really think, and you know, you know, we, we we've talked about it a lot here. But the Saint Joseph, the model of Saint Joseph, uh, as the steady leadership role in his family, uh, leading. You know, we, when you think about Saint Joseph, right? When you really think about it deep, deep in your heart, like this, this guy said no words something my wife would love about me if I said no <laughs> words uh, ever. But um, no, he he was so steady. I mean, he, he listened to the voice of God through series of dreams, 
And what did he do? He acted. He didn't wait around for some buddy to tell him it was all right to go to Egypt. He didn't wait around for somebody to say, oh, you know what, let's go back to Nazareth. Now, he listened to the voice of God acting in his heart, and he said, I'm going to lead my family. I'm going to, you know, continue on this road to betrothal with this this uh, <laughs> this pure Virgin Mary. I'm going to continue to be in that leadership role. And quietly and steadily he did that. And and really he accompanied his family. He he walked with them through every storm. And so I, I just think the work you're doing is so crucial, Ray. And it's and it's wonderful to have you on today's episode as we you know go to celebrate uh, this wonderful feast of Saint Joseph tomorrow, because uh, I think all fathers and you know maybe you want to challenge fathers to really get involved tomorrow on Saint Joseph's Day. It's a Friday in Lent as well tomorrow, so uh, maybe just leave us with a challenge about um, you know how we can really uh, take the mission and the spirituality of who St. Joseph is and honor that by living our lives accordingly. So our children are growing in a society of instant gratification. We could learn from the model of St. Joseph in how character is seen over time. And as fathers, we need to be able to understand what the measure in which we measure means. Um, you know, I'm very intentional. My sons know a lot of times as they're living through challenges, I will share with them to a point and then they'll get to that point and I'll share with them more. And this is intentional because just the same way that my heavenly father has given me my faith over a period of time and the measure in which he knew he needed to measure out to me, we as fathers need to do the same for our families. We need to place measure and intent into all that we do in our families. We need to recognize and understand objectively without emotion, how this world is taking a hold of our children and reflect well within a characteristic of the knowledge of the way that St. Joseph led the Holy Family. Isn't that a beautiful way of thinking about it? <laughs> you know, right now, my pastor, Father Matthew Cott, uh, he, he's um, new to our parish, a couple of years, you know, but he is a model of St. Joseph to me. He is somebody who's so strong, but yet, you know, when he walks down the aisle, it's like he's floating. His hands are so steady when he turns the pages of the, of the books and Anything that he does is with proper measure. And he's a younger man. It's a beautiful thing to see. Uh, anything that he does, he does. I, I describe him as a just man. And um, the only way that you get to know Father Matthew is over time to watch his character be played out. And he's not part of this world. And it's a beautiful thing to watch and to see. That's an example. I've learned from his example and I've grown from it. Mm. So in summary, in this instant gratification world, understand that character is seen over time. Mm. 
Beautiful. Oh, that is beautiful. And I think one one last comment, if I could make, because I think this is an important aspect of being a parent, not just a father, but also of a mother. When you're talking about that instant gratification, so many parents these days are afraid of that two-letter word, which is no, right? We, we can't be afraid. And my daughter said this to me, actually. She's so glad that mom wasn't afraid to say no when all the other parents said yes. Right. And I think it makes a difference that when you really reflect on that, it's better to hold back with your kids a little bit more than let them do, quote, whatever they want, because you care about them and you care about their spirituality and you care about who they hang around with and you care about their safety, too. Right. It's not just about spirituality. It's about their safety. So the best gift I could say, give parents out there, don't be afraid to say no. And don't be afraid to say no all the way through, at least through high school, all the way till the end. Because you know what? They're going to thank you. My two girls, they thank me all the time that I didn't, wasn't one of those parents that just said, go do it. You know, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It makes a difference. Ray, thank you so much for all that you've um, reflected on during this podcast. Thank you for this time and fellowship. Absolutely. Uh, Ray, it's always great, and you always have an open invitation anytime uh, to come back on Patchwork Heart Radio. Uh, but until next time, folks, I do encourage you to visit Ray's website, trjfathersguide.com. And as always, keep beating to your Catholic hearts and sowing hope into those broken hearts. Enjoy the Feast of St. Joseph tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.